It's Done Podcast. It's yours truly, Julie Jones with the Adventures of Julie Jones. And this week, as always, I could not be more excited about my guest. We had a happen chance meeting in Sedona, Arizona. And now here we are connecting even more. And he is a guest on my show. So welcome, Greg Archer, to the Get Shit Done Podcast. Woohoo! <laughs> It's so good to be here, and I love the title of your podcast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so yummy. Yeah. I love it. Well, and I'm so grateful that you said yes to being on the show. And really, you have so much to share, and your your history is so amazing. So I'm going to turn it over to you right away. We're going to get right into it. So I always like to start off with, like, tell us about you what makes you so unique and what you bring to the party? So take it away, Greg. I love that question. What makes me so unique and what do I bring to the party? Ah, well, um, I'm sure parts of my blonde hair make me so unique. Uh, and maybe having grown up with a very loud and boisterous Polish family, I think influenced a lot of my decision-making growing up. Uh, they were like tenacious survivors. Uh, but I, I love to tell stories. I'm a storyteller. And, you know, when I was, my mother often tells a story when I was five years old, sitting on like the stoop on Altgeld Street, I'd interview people passing by, you know, like, who are you? What's your name? What are you doing? My name's Greg. Do you know what we're having for dinner last, you know, tonight? Let me tell you, do you want to come in? You know, my mother and father arguing, what do I do? You know, just fun stuff like that. And uh, so I don't know. I love being a storyteller and I've done that for decades. And uh, I did it with a few books and, and uh, through a lot of the Hollywood sphere of writing about celebrities and, and uh, pop culture. And now another memoir, which I'm doing. Um, yeah. And I'm also an intuitive reader and I do sound bowl healings. And, you know, I, I, uh, I love connecting with people and um, connecting with something that connects us and sharing that. Yeah. Well, and oh, gosh, there's so many different facets I could take this. But what just popped into my mind is that yesterday, working with a coach, I, you know, came across this information about that there's six human needs, four of them are essential to us. And one of those needs is connection and love. And so the fact that you are focusing in on a lot of that and so much of what makes us human beings is that need. And you do it in such a big giving way. So we're going to delve into a couple of different subtopics, but I want you to first talk about the book. You know, the, the memoir that your first one that you wrote about your Polish heritage, because Many of you listening in may not know I'm 100% Polish and I'm really drawn to that aspect, but also your, your next memoir, because I really think that that's got an important story to share also, storyteller man. So <laughs> let's start with the books. Yeah, well, I always, thank you for asking. I, I, I grew up hearing about uh, my family's story surviving the 1940s, particularly Stalin's mass deportation of nearly 2 million Polish people. So I always heard these stories. And when I became a professional writer and a magazine editor, and, you know, my uncle sent me, you know, like an account, like here, here's what you asked for. I guess I asked him to like document everything because he was hounding me. 
And I was sort of like, I want glitz. I don't want gulags. I want glitz, you know? And when I got the information, I really like leaned into looking at it as, even though I knew, you know, what was really going to be told in his um, relay of information, I really sat with it and absorbed it. So over the course of a decade or more, I really started interviewing my family members to kind of bring out their story, every little fine detail. And in so many ways, it was like slipping through a veil of time and space and being in the 1940s again, right alongside them. And then uh, the book came out. We launched it here in Chicago. That was about five years ago. And it was such a, such a rich, deep experience because it really felt like there was something greater at work, something bigger guiding all of it. You know, you know how we experience synchronicity or serendipity and chance and quote-unquote chance encounters, things like that, which aren't really chance encounters. It sort of gives us a clue that we're kind of like in the flow of where we're being led to go. And that's all that happened with that book. But the book really was my journey uncovering their journey. And it took me back to Poland. I traveled back to Poland, found their original place of birth, found out other things about that area, found the church they were baptized in, had a priest open that church to kind of go inside and like a 300 year old church, you know? So that book really changed my life. And this next book, uh, and it also, you know, it's brought to life a very underreported part of history. I mean, nobody, I, I, I would, I would say like, you know, the media and modern culture haven't really talked a lot about what Stalin did to Poles or his own people or the surrounding areas too. So very interesting now to see what's going on. So uh, it really was a big effect on my life, but it, it, I feel like it did a lot of good. So it's called Grace Revealed and you know, it's on my website and on Amazon. But And this next book is really about recovering from that book in a way. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really about surrender and trust. It's called Confessions of a Wandering Empath. And it sort of chronicles my journey coming out of that and attempting to find my footing in the world again. And I think we can all relate to, especially over the last two years when the world was kind of tilted upside down, where we feel like we've lost our footing and we're really ruminating on like what really matters, who really matters, why it really matters, or even if it does matter, these deeper reflections. So this book really kind of explores that as, um, yeah, as I find my footing again in the world and, and, and feel uh, a little more in alignment. I love, I, I went to a, you know, kind of a, a holistic practitioner who was like, you know, uh, accept, allow, align, or actually align, accept, allow. And I love that. It was like triple A, you know, accept, align, allow. And that's really what this next book is really about. It's very funny, very deep, deep, deep. I think of David Sedaris and Carrie Fisher, who was a great writer. I don't know, crawled into bed with Eckhart Tolle. It would be something like this book. <laughs> It'd be a little <laughs> amalgam of that. It's a little deep. It's a little funny. Well, that's fantastic. And <laughs> I, I love what you said because I think out of everything is birth. You know, why I really, you know, like the idea of the, the memoir, the first one that you wrote is that because you walked their journey. 
And I think so many times, you know, for all of us, history gets diluted. You know, it gets diluted because, you know, we're not hearing the stories firsthand. And if we do, sometimes they get lost. Like, you know, unfortunately, both my parents have passed and now there's so many stories and so many things about history that I'd like to go back and ask. And as my ancestors all start to pass, you don't have those resources. So kudos to you for taking that and really running with it. I mean, five years, that's a that's a significant amount of time. And I'm so excited to read the book. And again, because of my own heritage, but to know like what people really went through, you know, and sometimes it's not easy for them to be able to talk about their journey because of the hardships that they faced when they had to go through that at the time that they did. So yeah, put us to your family for sharing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I tap into a little bit of transgenerational, intergenerational family trauma in, in both books because um, the second book really kind of chronicles emerging from that. You know, this idea of what happens before us tends to live on through us and something may activate it and suddenly we're responding as an ancestor would five decades ago, you know, in the height of a trauma or something. It's very interesting. Mark Wolin, W-O-L-Y-N-N, does a lot of great work on that subject, family constellation work. So yeah, it's brilliant stuff. Well, so then you you take that information that you have and because you're an intuitive and you're, you're delving into the sound bowl healing. So in a lot of that, what you do for other people, has that also helped you with your own you know, journey, because we're all in a state of healing, right? Like we're all in a state of learning, we're in a state of healing, all those kinds of things. So talk a little bit about that for people who may be new to the idea of like sambal healing and some of the intuitive work that you do as well. Yeah. Well, sound bowl healing, you know, sound frequencies have the ability to work as a healing modality for us. So you know, I have seven big crystal sound bowls. So if there were water in those bowls and we were to strike the bowl or run a mallet around the bowl, we'd see the water vibrating and we're made up of water. So the idea is that like most yoga studios have what's called a sound bath or other practitioners host a sound bath where you just lie and get comfortable. And for 60 minutes, you bliss out while somebody is either at the sound bowls or a gong or both or whatever and other kind of acoustic instruments. So the sound frequencies work as a healing modality. They have ability to um, come into our cells, calm us, you know, relax us. We're always asked to drink a lot of water after that because it's, you know, water is a current of energy, a movement of energy. I was fascinated with sound, sound bowl healing back when I was just finishing the other book about my family because I was noticing like, I'm kind of acting like a Polish refugee, like what's going on here? And I, I'm like, like, give me as many holistic, like, you know, things as I can kind of get. And that was one thing that really helped me. And I thought someday I'm going to do that. And that's what I started doing like a few years ago. Uh, I got trained and it, you know, I love it. I love being able to be that person for others who want to experience that, whether it's just for 20 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour. Uh, and along the way, I, you know, leaned into 
you know, when I was in college, somebody told me I, I'm, I'm intuitive and I could read cards and I could do psychometry and I could, I'm like, what are you crazy? I, I come from a big Polish family. They were loud. We, you know, like whatever. But I leaned into it back then and did, you know, around the harmonic convergence in the late eighties when it was like a big thing in Sedona, because I went to Arizona state and I did it a little bit for friends throughout the years, like off and on. And, you know, during the pandemic, somehow serendipitously, I wound up in Sedona and working in a crystal shop doing that very thing. And it's like no accidents. Uh, And the intuitive readings, you know, the cards are sort of a launching point. But now for me, as I've, I don't know, grown or honed whatever is going on, um, it's, it's like the sound bowl healings. I, I think what that helped me with was to tune into the vibrational frequency of what's really kind of going on. I was always very intuitive around my family. I could kind of tell when the mood in a room was a little, even slightly off. You know, you're like heightened. I think when you come from World War II survivors, you, you kind of go, you can sniff it out. So that was a good training as well. And then in Sedona, I just, you know, that's really became a wonderful training ground. And I would say that the sound bowl healing, that being a sound bowl practitioner as well, it really informed the work I was doing as, as, an, as an intuitive where people were coming across for me. And what's funny about that was over like the course of, I would say, nine months people would be sitting across from me and I'd listen and listen. I'm like, listen to the the frequency of what they're saying. And it was, it was uncanny because in all of them, I began to see myself. It was like, this is just another version of me or I'm another version of them. We are like complete mirroring each other. So it's been brilliant. I love it. And it, it works both with the creative side that I do and this side that I do. I love it. If there's, there's something, very real about all that. And then there's something very curious about <laughs> the, the quote unquote real world that doesn't seem as real or authentic. It's kind of interesting. Anyway. Well, and I appreciate you sharing because for so many people, when they don't know what they don't know, right. It seems, okay. Is it, is this really of this earth? Right. And I love the sound bowl healing and I love what you talked about. And I, really believe the reason that, you know, we met and we were drawn together is that because we're operating at the same vibrational level, right? Like like attracts like, and like, I know when I can walk into a room and the people that I'm immediately drawn to, you you know, it's well, because I, I do have that high vibrational energy and a lot of people are drawn to me, but then when there's just something that I don't seem to be connecting with somebody, it's probably more vibrational than anything else. Right. It's, right. And, you know, it reminds me and, you know, forgive me audience, cause I don't remember, and maybe you do Greg, but there was a Japanese researcher who did the idea behind water and he played the Dr. Emoto. Yes. He played the amazing music, like the positive love filled music and then looked at water under a microscope and saw the beautiful crystals, right? The beautiful crystals that were formed. And then any kind of negativity or negative water or, you know, like, or negative, I should say negative energy around the water, 
the crystals were horrible. They were, it was ugly. It was like, you know, under that. And so if you don't think that your atmosphere and what you surround yourself with influences you, like read his information. There's so much information out there, even with plants, like put a plant in like great, you know, a great positive environment and see how it flourishes. And then put a plant in like a negative situation and see how it withers and dies. And human beings, that's what we are. We're energy. So like, what are you surrounding yourself with to really, you know, make that difference and have that high vibrational level? God, totally on tire. Yes. And Dr. Emoto was featured, I think, really first very prominently in that documentary, What the Bleep Do We Know? Like 20, almost 20 years ago now, which is kind of freaky. I, I was listening to it on the way driving across country, you know, uh, on YouTube, just listening to it. I'm like, okay, it still holds up. So you can find out more information about Dr. Emoto there. I believe he passed away, but a um, brilliant man, brilliant man. Well, there's a lot of brilliance out there. It's like, if we're just willing to open up and listen and whether or not it resonates with you or not, just be open-minded enough to get the information and decide, you know, where you're going to go with it. So what is it that, you know, as, as you're starting to move forward, you've talked about the sound bowl heal, healing. What are you most excited about? Like that you are, are looking to start to delve into or to really do um, besides, you know, some of the stuff that you already have accomplished? Mm, what a juicy question. I think I'm most excited about getting out of my own way. And I'm most excited about having even more access to myself, whatever that <laughs> seems to be in this kind of phase. Uh, that is really intriguing to me and more stimulating to me. I think, you know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, it would have been like, let's get a new car or let's buy a new couch. Or it would be more, of, while those things are really yummy, I, I, it's now it's more like, how do I get more access to what's in here? And how do we lean into doubt and fear and see it for what it is and see it as a great teacher. And how do I move forward in a fuller vibrancy? That, that really excites me. And in the playground of life, what really excites me is this, this book is coming out, this next book, Confessions of a Wandering Empath, uh, in beginning of September. And then I'm also you know, there's some scripts and other things that um, I'm leaning into, which would be really great because I'm, it, I've been putting that on the back burner for a while and having written about and interviewed many celebrities and filmmakers who are just doing great work um, and being change agents in that field. I'm excited about getting those stories out in a new form, in a new fashion. That really excites me. So I know you do have some background like in television and, you know, what you, you've talked about. So is that the avenue that you're looking to go is, is TV, film production, kind of a little bit of both? Like what, you know, what do you feel drawn to? A little bit of both. I think my family's story and that story of polls would be a very good streaming series, you know, and I've already kind of mapped out three seasons, you know, it kind of floats back and forth through time. Um, present, past, present, past, you're following two different stories, somebody investigating the story, somebody, you know, the people who are living it. So that intrigued me. Plus, you know, I uh, am really 
very much looking forward to engaging in comedic, like more comedic things, because some of that materials, you know, heavy, it's like, are we going to keep going down that, you know, like beating that? So it's like something that adds some levity would be great. But to answer your question, a little bit of both, but television and streaming is really kind of calling. Yeah. Well, and it's very interesting. You, you should say that because it's a new direction that I'm going into as well, that yes, I'm doing television and it's through streaming. Right. And that's the new medium. Like, I mean, like you and I are probably very similar in age and you know, everybody who's listening in always knows that we do these on Zoom so that we can see each other and then they're, you know, an audio release. Although I'm getting ready to start putting these on YouTube as well so people can see the the interaction. And it's such a new and different way to think about stuff because I grew up with how television looked and now I'm attempting to learn all this streaming stuff, which is what all the, the, the kids growing up now, that's all they do. They watch TV on their phone. Like I still remember <laughs> being the, the remote control for my, for my parents, right? Go change the TV channel. Okay. And having that old school dial. And there were what, maybe three or four channels that you <laughs> had access to, not everything that you have access to now. Yeah, remember that? There, yeah, those four like like ABC, NBC, CBS, and the PBS. Yeah, yeah, and there was like UHF or like something. Like there was there was all this really crazy. I still can picture the old school television with the dial. Like it'd be fun to see if anybody has any of those. They're probably available in antique shops, right? And it's like giving kids now the old rotary phone. Like they don't know how to use it, right? <laughs> It's like, what do we do with this? And we put our finger there and we go this way. It's like, it's completely another world. Yeah. It, yeah, it really, it really, truly, it really, truly is. So, you know, like the, the question is coming to me, um, like, what do you think is one of your biggest life lessons that you've learned, you know, right now up to this point? I would say, what a great question. Uh, my biggest life lesson uh, would be to don't underestimate what lurks in your shadow self <laughs> or to actually pay attention and lean into that because my experience has been that things that might be a little hidden or frozen from the past or in the rearview mirror, they tend to escalate over time if we don't pay attention to them. And I think that some of the things that we've experienced in life that haven't been really looked at or addressed or considered or, and we can always tell by how I feel, like how we're responding to something. And I, I think my biggest lesson has been to ask myself, how am I responding to something like, and more importantly, who's responding? You know, am I, am I eight? Am I 15? Am I 22? Like, like there's always usually like markers, like, like where there was an impact or am I responding like, am my ancestors would? And it helps me discern what's really going on. Because if I can ask myself who is responding or what age is responding, then it makes me understand who, what needs attention within myself. Like, like, oh, okay. We need to look at that or just be with that or sit with that for five minutes rather than five weeks where we're kind of perseverating over something or 15 minutes rather than 15 months, you know, 
where it's like, what, what's going on? So I would say my biggest lesson is to discern how I'm responding, who's responding, what's responding. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, you know, the shadow is such a great teacher, not often comfortable to look at or sit with, but yeah. You're absolutely right. And I know firsthand that like, if you don't look at those things and you don't address them, they're going to keep popping up, right? Like those life lessons, it's like, huh, you know, what's the common denominator in all of this? And then when you realize it's you, like, you know, when you, when like some things start continuing to happen over and over, you're like, huh, well, I guess I'm the common denominator. So what do I have to shift or what do I have to really take a hard look at, you know, so that this doesn't keep repeating itself? Right. So true. So true. Wow. Well, a couple of other questions. So, you know, we've talked about a lot and I always like to give my guests an opportunity because sometimes there's something really on your heart or something that we really haven't talked about that's really important to you that you'd like to share. So what is it that like you really would like the audience to know? Well, gosh. Uh, you mean about, about myself or just the world or life in general? Whatever you feel is, you know, calling to you. Cause it could be about anything like what you do to support people, you know, what it is about your life that, you know, you continue to, you know, be called to do. There's so many things that sometimes, especially as intuitives, like something will just pop into your brain. And I've really learned not to discount it because mm. it's coming in there for a reason. So I want to make sure that, you know, if you just had like this brilliant, you know, lightning bolt of information that you can share it out there. Yeah. You know, what's been coming up? What a great question. Thank you. Um, what's been showing up a lot for me Especially, I think when because I'm in transition, but especially because I've seen a lot of people who, in the last few years, because we all have been going through transition, you know, um, deciphering what and who we are again in a new world or as a world that's forming. The repeated message that I keep <laughs> that I keep getting, I don't think I'm the only one. Um, as far as those who are readers, let's say or people who are creative in writing stories, let's say. Um, I would say that the, the, the repeated information that keeps coming has to do with... Um, we've lived in a place where A to B gets us to X, Y, Z. And while that's important and necessary to get things done, I, I'm seeing that there's more of an invitation now to rather than just A to B gets to X, Y, Z, it's now like go deeper into your gut, reach up higher into your source and expand broader. So, you know, this is good going this way, like linear. However, it's much more broader than that is the information I keep getting. And that's intriguing to me. It's like, you kind of always kind of sense that, you know, that it's like, it's, and also get out of your mind so you don't go out of your mind. I think there's a point where it's like, trust your gut, follow your heart. We've been told this for centuries, millennia, you know, uh, thousands of years. Um, follow your heart, trust your gut, be in alignment. 
And I think there comes a time it's like, what is that speaking? What is that saying? And then going, okay, taking the action and then moving forward. And that's, I think, where the mind is actually of more benefit, where we're actually like, that's where the strategy comes in rather than the obsessing and the this and the that and the whatever. But I would say that's been the ongoing message for the last year or so, and especially moving forward. And above all, trust your gut feeling. You know, I, I love to be that person for others who come for a reading or an intuitive thing where we can share and relate and I can share the information that's coming through based on their inquiries. But inevitably, it always comes down to follow your heart, follow your gut. What's your gut? Like a lot of people might say, my gut feeling says I should leave this relationship I've been in for 30 years, but it doesn't make any sense. And, and I said, if I had two pieces of clay in one hand and one piece of clay was what your gut was saying and one piece of clay was what your mind was saying, which piece of clay would feel most yummy? And it would probably be what the heart and the gut are saying. We don't even have to know the parameters of what really actions to take yet. We just have to know what's true. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more because I think that so many times people discount, you know, that gut feeling like following their heart, right? The brain just gets in the way too much. And then, you know, it's always the woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? Like, oh my gosh, you know, like I should have, I, I should have. And I always say, don't shoot on yourself, right? <laughs> right. It's like, however, it's like really just tune in and listen. And sometimes it's in the moments of silence. Because as human beings, and I always say this, we're human beings, not human doings. And so like sit in silence every once in a while, listen to what your higher self or your intuition is telling you and just go for it. Um, Because the brain and the subconscious is designed to protect us. So it's always going to get in the way because it's going to be like, no, 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 no. You know, that shouldn't be the direction that you're going. And you just need to be stronger and say, Yes, yes, this is the way that I'm going. Um, so, Greg, how is the best way for people to get a hold of you? Ah, best way to get a hold of me is uh, via my website or email. It's uh, you know www.gregarcher.com. Very simple, or an email greg at gregarcher.com. For the gregarcher.com website, it's actually gregarcher.com/slash marry you m e R-R-Y-Y-O-U, like you be Mary, basically. So gregarcher.com slash Mary you. And you'll see uh, a list of all the things that I offer in the holistic realm. Otherwise, if you go to gregarcher.com, you'll see all my other creative work. If you click on my picture there, it'll take you to Mary you. So yeah, I'm uh, starting to marry people to themselves lately. So, because <laughs> I feel like if we can't love, honor, and respect ourselves till death do we part, why are we promising to do it with somebody else? So, um, so that's been kind of a thing. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a whole other like you know <laughs> podcast that we could have. Right? Is the idea of that nobody else is going to make you happy. It starts within, and be happy first, and then you know you can be in relationship. The most important relationship you'll ever have is with yourself and self-love. And I just find that a lot of people are not on that journey yet, but they can be when they reach out to you. So we'll make sure that we have all those links, including more information you know, about the books, the names of the books again as well, 
so that people can find those. Because I know I got a copy of your first memoir and I'm really super excited to read it. Now I'm even more excited for September to get the second one. So I better get busy and read the, (laughs) the first one so I can jump into the second one. And then as I like to finish up my podcast, because my podcast is the Get Shit Done podcast, what are you doing currently in your own life to get shit done? Mm. I am showing up every day uh, meditating, which I've done for a while, but I'm showing up meditating you know, just in different, just, you know, um, perhaps in longer durations. But every day, you know, it, I really lean into uh, the, the most... Um, overall project that needs to have some fuel or be put out there. In this case, it's the memoir, which is nearly complete and about to go to a publisher in the next month. And, uh, and I'm really like staying, you know, I'm just, you know, mindfulness, you know, I'm just staying focused, you know, I make a list of top six, like what are the top six of my day? And I get that shit done. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's, and, and, and people listening in, because people know that I'm not about to-do lists, I'm about success lists. So that fits right into it, Greg, because you're saying the top six. You're not t- talking the top 66, or then like when you only get to six, then your self-esteem gets chipped away because you didn't get to the rest of it. It's the top six. And then there's grace involved because maybe something's going to take a little bit longer than you anticipated. And, you know, you can always focus in on something else the very next day. So Greg, thank you so much for your time today. It was such an honor and pleasure to have you on the show. I'm really um, super excited that you agreed to be a guest. So thank you again for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Big blessings to you and everyone who is watching, tuning in. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you. So this is Julie Jones signing off for this week's episode of the Get Shit Done podcast. As always, there was such amazing information. So please, please share this out to the world around you to help make an impact and a difference for someone else. And as always, be sure to have a productive get shit done kind of week. We'll talk to you soon. Time is our most valuable asset. And I certainly do appreciate yours. Thank you so much for listening to the Get Shit Done podcast with me, Julie Jones. If this episode was helpful for you, please subscribe and give me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This goes a long way in helping others to find the show too. Are you ready? I mean, really ready to make the next step towards living your best life now? Then contact me at juliejones.biz to schedule your call with me. You can also find additional information on contacting me in the show notes. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode of the Get Shit Done podcast. In the meantime, be sure to live your life with purpose and passion.